Hello and welcome on into the PHFL NFL podcast, our conference championship review, um, which hopefully we don't have to review one of the games too much uh, as the two Packers fans. Uh, we don't really want to talk about that game. but uh, joined- I'll talk about it. <laughs> joined as always by Kai and by Mikey. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome in. Hello. Hello. Yes. Uh, Kai's a lot happier than me and Mikey this week. I don't know why. I mean, this team didn't even make the playoffs. But uh, I, I mean, my, da- my dad walked in what, into the room while I was watching the Packers game saying, when are the Eagles playing this weekend? And I just had to tell him that it was well past the point where the Eagles were still playing. Exactly. The t- last time the Eagles were relevant was, when did you win that Super Bowl? 2018. Ah, that was the last time you were relevant. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, two games to anyway. talk about this week. Exactly, two team, two 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 games to talk about. Relevant. Yes, exactly, exactly. We'll talk about that one then. First of all, we the NFC Conference Championship game, um, Tampa Bay beating the Green Bay Packers thirty-one points to twenty-six. I must say, even though I was a Packers fan and we lost the game, I did still enjoy watching the what? game. Oh, well, so I've just I've disowned them. You are wearing a Rams jersey. <laughs> yes, I know. I needed to find something that I I was happy to cry into. Um, but but yeah, uh, I say I I did enjoy watching the game. I thought it was actually a good game. There was a lot of excitement in it, even though uh, unfortunately the, all the wrong way. For yeah, the, the, the Packers unfortunately lost. Um, yeah, Mikey. I don't know about you, but I think the person to blame for this loss is Aaron Rodgers. Do you agree with me? Evan King. Yeah. I think I think at the end of the game there was two, three, four people that I was very angry at, but I think now that I've I've pulled off and all the tears have, have been wiped away, I think and I it pains me to say it because he's the reason we're in this this championship game. Is is Aaron Rodgers for sure? Yeah. Uh, the the one thing that just keeps sticking out to me like a sore thumb is before Tom Brady threw any of his picks, Rodgers he was playing okay maybe the first quarter and then he, he was having a bit of struggles midway through the game and you see him on the sidelines mouthing make a stop. He kept saying make a stop to the uh, to the defense and then they go out and they get an interception and then Devontae Adams scores off it perfect and then you think the momentum's all with Green Bay and Lambeau and then they make another stop and then they make another stop Jair Alexander had two picks and nothing came of him nothing I know there's many other things you could say I know Kevin King had a horrific game Matt LaFleur's decision at the end of the game but yeah to me this is if you're telling your defense to get a stop you're saying if you get a stop I'm going to win you this game and he he didn't do that so yeah I, I hate to say it I do think this one is on Aaron Rodgers. The reason I say it, Kai, I know you were perhaps slightly confused when I when I mentioned this, but at the end of the third quarter, it was twenty eight twenty three to Tampa Bay, um, and Tampa Bay then start of the fourth quarter. There was an interception, and Green Bay go three and out and punt the ball, and then Tampa Bay that next possession throw an interception, and Tam and and Green Bay go three and out again. There was two drives there where there's a chance when we're just five points behind for Rodgers to go and do something. And he doesn't do it in either of those times. The first time, we actually end up uh, losing five yards on the first drive where we go three and out and then we don't do anything at all in the second drive. And I know that you can say that's receivers or play calling or whatever, but realistically, that is the quarterback's job is to 
make those plays, you know, especially someone of, of Rodgers' experience. And I think that is where we lost the game. Though, yes, there were some questionable defensive plays and decisions, possibly, especially at the end of the first half when, for some reason... What on earth yeah, was that? For some reason, we did not <laughs> drop into coverage. We played man coverage with one cover in safety and they end up scoring a touchdown at the end. Yeah, but that there was still the opportunity here for Rodgers to go and win the game at this stage and they didn't do that. There was also then the discussions over whether that field goal at the end was right for us to kick the field goal. Personally, I wouldn't have kicked the field goal, but I could completely understand why Matt LaFleur and maybe the analytics suggest do kick the field goal because the two-point, even if you had scored a touchdown, the two-point conversion uh, wasn't a guarantee, especially the way that we've been playing in the in the, in the the red zone. Uh, we don't. We'd, I think he targeted Devontae Adams seven times in the red zone and there was only one completion. So like the... We weren't playing well in the red zone. But in my opinion, yeah, Rodgers is, is to blame, if you can blame somebody, yeah. to blame for that, that loss, unfortunately. That was something I was I was going to say there as well. On the final drive, um, on the third and goal, he tried to force it to Devontae Adams. And I Run. think we've all seen that there was quite a lot of space. Even as Kai said on, on Sunday night, even if he didn't get the touchdown, we would have been maybe on the one, two, three yard line for a fourth and goal. Um, which maybe may, would have spurred us on to do it. But also, I just feel we always say that the Green Bay Packers are too heavily reliant on Aaron Rodgers. But I thought in this game, Aaron Rodgers was too reliant on Devontae Adams. He was trying to force him the ball in situations where there was other people open. On that third and, on the third and goal um, in the last drive of the game, Alan Lazard was wide open and he tried to feed it to Devontae Adams. He threw the ball over Alan Lazard, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, And this is another thing, as we said about the defence, if if we had won this game, I wouldn't have been praising Aaron Rodgers or the offence. I would have been praising the defence for the way that they came up clutch in some really big moments. I know they had a lot of mistakes. Scotty Miller touchdown and the Mike Evans touchdown and obviously the, the flag at the end of the game. But I think as a whole, if we'd won this game, we are praising this defensive side because they made three stops, they pressured Tom Brady they were forcing him into making mistakes uh, Kenny Clark I thought had a great game as well so yeah, it's just one of those where yeah, the the single greatest American footballer of all time has prevailed even though I actually don't think he had the best of games um, but I think again Kai said the other day if, if you're, if Tom Brady's throwing three picks Aye. 99 times out of 100 you're winning that game well but you say that it just wasn't meant to be you say that but I, I saw the statistic regarding that apparently there's been four playoff games with Tom Brady is throwing three picks and he's won three of those four games well, so even when he throws picks yeah, sometimes he's still does it. in the game it, it's not even as if he threw three picks throughout the game he threw them all in the second half when yeah one of the greatest quarterbacks ever has thrown three picks in one half of football. Like, you know, you're forcing them like into those situations. Games. You need to seven you need games. to capitalise on it. You need to capitalise on it. And I know you said you would be praising the defence, like, and folk would go, oh, well, but all those plays, you know, the three you mentioned, that, there's a common denominator in all them, and it's that boy Kevin King who just had an absolute car crash of a game. Yeah. But he was got out a hole on defence by, you know, as you've said, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander. Um, the pressure from from elsewhere, um, but yeah, I mean that that third and goal when when we were talking about just get Aaron Rodgers to run. See, even if you don't convert the fourth and goal, 
they're on the one or two yard line, they're almost in their own end zone, force them into a three and out and get them to punt and get the ball back. At least then you've put a bit of effort in or tried to do something with it. Now, I know obviously then you're you're three points worse off than you would have been and you're having to try and get a, a touchdown either and way, a, a field goal, either but way, either way, you're... Aye. So, it's, why not yeah. go for it there and then and then give yourself the time at the end rather than having to go the other way about? Uh, and I think, like you've both said, and I think as um, everyone's alluded to, I think decision-making was the biggest part of this game. And uh, I think it was wrong on many occasions um, just, on you, the Packers' side of the ball. If you just look at the statistics of this game, I'm just I'm just looking at the, the final stats. Total first downs, Packers had four more total first downs than the Buccaneers. Time of possession. Uh, the, bu- the Bucks don't. Uh, the Bucks don't convert in first down. They wait until third no, and no, then convert no, no. it. Like, like total getting to first downs. Just first like, down aye, just, yeah. end, just, just there was less first downs for the Bucks to actually start uh, plays. Time of possession. Green Bay had the ball for ten minutes longer in the game. They had it for nearly thirty-five minutes, and the Bucks only had it for twenty-five minutes. If you looked at those statistics, just, just without knowing the score, you go, "All right, well, that team, that the Packers, would have won this game," and we haven't because we're just not converted where we we had to convert. It was very, very disappointing to be honest. Looking at the statistics, I must say oh, I think I think we might have missed Aaron Jones when he went out injured in the second half. Though AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams played well, I think um I think Rogers quite likes Jones being there, if I'm being honest. And uh, I think he he we kinda suffered with that. I think the the second receivers we've had this conversation all season, haven't we, about who's going to be the number two receiver here? And it was spread out between Lazard and Tunyon and Valdez Scantlin again. I must say, Valdez Scantlin caught a lovely fifty yard touchdown. Um, <laughs> he was terrific. Yeah, but uh, he was phenomenal. I thought. Yeah, but you, do you want them to to stay at that level? It appears that somebody goes up to that level and then drops down yeah. for a couple of weeks. But you want somebody to be consistently that number two to help this offense. Um. But on the Bucks side of the ball, I have to say, I thought it was a fairly clinical performance until they started throwing picks at the end and then it got a bit questionable. But uh, especially in the first half, I think, I think at halftime, me and you, Mikey, both just went, I don't think we're not going to win this game. We're not going to come back. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. This, um, it, the Bucks have had a, a... They were the best run D last season. They've been the best run D this season as well. But I don't think they've had the credit they deserve. I think... People always talk about the other big, uh, big D's in the league, um, like the Steelers uh, and the Rams, things like that. But I mean, this team is just full of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. And Damkin, I'm just looking through the kind of defensive starters and who played well just on this game alone. Damkin Sue was phenomenal. Jason Pierre-Paul, Devin White, David, Shaq Barrett, like, and then uh, Sean Murphy Bunton. They have a lot of pieces who can individually make plays. I think Devin White, I think he's going to be my pick for Super Bowl MVP if the Bucks win it. I know there's all the politics of Brady and Mahomes will probably win it if one of them, um, if whoever wins the game, but I just think that this, Devin White is a true leader on this team. I think he's only in his second or third season in the league, possibly second season. Um, yeah, just that's a scary, scary unit that's only going to get better for the next couple of years. Yes, I totally agree. I think this Bucks team are very scary. They just needed the right QB in it, which uh, obviously they have with Brady here. And do we think Brady's ever going to retire? Do you think he'll just continue just to be amazing till he's like sixty, just <laughs> sitting there? What's what's the point? What's the point of retiring? Seriously, 
if he can, if he has a good old line and he just he can just sit in a pocket without getting hurt, he's not having to move much. Just seriously, as long as his arm stays young, he'll be absolutely just fine. Uh, just wheel him out, like anything. just at, like you say, just absolutely stack the offensive line to literally create like a an unbreakable pocket, and then right. you can put him in there and let a wee armchair or something like that, and just get say, him to throw wee passes. What's the rules on a quarterback allowed to have a Zimmer frame with him? Is that <laughs> are you allowed to have that in the pocket? It wouldn't, it it wouldn't be, work it very be, well in hurry up offense, would it? Like, it has to be registered as a player on the field, so really they're only allowed 10 players on the field. <laughs> and it can't be an, an eligible player downfield as well, because then it'd be away from Tom Brady. Yes, that's but, true, um, yeah. Nah, the Bucks, uh, the number five seed this season going into the playoffs, but in my opinion now, after watching that game against who I thought was the best team in the NFC, I think the Bucks are fully deserved to go to the Super Bowl. And... Um, Feels weird to say, very weird to say, but I will 100% be rooting for them um, in the Super Bowl. A, because when your team gets beaten in a semi-final, as we call it over here, but in a championship game, you want to kind of say, oh, we were beaten by the eventual winners. Um, we'll get to, obviously, the Chiefs and, and who we want to win later, but it's Tom Brady. Like You, you can't ignore his greatness. And um, I am, weirdly, for the first time in my life, rooting for Tom Brady. I, I never thought I'd say that. I, I want him to win the Super Bowl this year. Do you know that with that comment, Mikey has just ruined the rest of the podcast for anyone sitting waiting to hear the results. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. People wait weeks. Win. People wait weeks to find out these results. <laughs> but uh an interesting statistic I found out, which I suppose isn't that hard to, to work out, but uh Tom Brady has now won the same number of NFC championships as uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Andrew Brees. Yeah. And, no, no, um, they both won one each, sorry. Yeah. Aye, sorry, not combined as a. In fact, there's someone else as well, actually. Like yeah. I, was, I saw I'm, the exact same start I'm as you d- did. I'm just like, I'm like, he's only been in the conference for a season. Uh, yep. I mean, there's. Um, <laughs> NFC Championships. Aaron Rodgers won, Drew Brees won, Tom Brady yeah. won. Years in the NFC, this, this Tom Brady hard. won, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees 35. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we spoke about this before uh, if Tom Brady had just stayed in New England until he retired, say even he retired at the end of last season like everyone would have said this man's the greatest of all time, there's no question but and, and it wouldn't have even been that question in your head, in the back of your heads of oh but he never done it with another team, some people might have said it but not a lot let's be honest, and now he has went to another team, let's be honest the Bucks weren't Super Bowl contenders last year I mean yeah. Jameis Winston was in the 30 for 30 club they're a good, a, a decent Run D is, as we said, a good run D, but overall, not a championship winning team, excuse me. But he's came into this team with only something to prove to himself, but a lot to lose. If he got, if he didn't make the playoffs this year, which was, I think I said it at one point in the podcast, I thought that the, the Vikings were going to sneak into the playoffs at the expense of the, the Bucks or the Cardinals. The, the, they almost didn't make the playoffs. They had a very good end to the season. And for him to come in and potentially win a Super Bowl in his first year in the NFC, in his first year in a new team, if there wasn't any question before about who's the best of all time, I don't even think he needs to win this Super Bowl to to already prove that him leaving the Patriots was completely justified. This guy is just... Everybody says that um, Father Time's undefeated, but Tom Brady's doing a a pretty good job, probably better than anyone against Father Time, as it stands. Just unbelievable. Yeah, I I think this this now moves from football. Like... There's no question he is the best the yeah. best footballer there has been of all time. No question. He now moves on to the sort of thing of 
you compare him to those in other sports, like a Michael Phelps in swimming. Like who who you know who is the greatest athlete of all time in terms of the sport they're doing? You know, like the the debate goes on to you know, like a Federer in tennis or a Michael Jordan or something like that in basketball. Like who go. who is the best of those? You know, sorry, I thought I thought the first person you would have thought of there was Michael well, Jordan, the, the, not the, Michael Phelps. The reason yes. I said Michael Phelps is just because <laughs> no, the the reason for that is he's obviously the most decorated Olympian of all time. Right. He's, he's, no, I, I know the yeah, reasoning behind you know. it, but I just wasn't yeah. the first one that, <laughs> yeah. that come to well, mind. That, I was expecting that when he said Michael, I was expecting Jordan as well. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, someone who's just been like totally dominant, like you know, like they are definitely the best. Because I think, I think you're right, Mike. I think there's maybe, I think some people might have thought maybe it's the system. I know he's amazing, but a lot of people were still thinking, is it Brady or Belichick? Even before this season, they were like, what one of them was the mastermind? Clearly, it yeah. was Brady. You know, nothing against Belichick, but I think in the eight or seven or eight seasons that Belichick hasn't had Brady, whether it be before Brady or the seasons he was injured, he's not made the playoffs. I don't think yeah. any of them. I think he's had six losing seasons and, and one he didn't make the playoffs, something like that. It was like clearly Brady is the answer to, to who is the, the like, master. Like you've kind of alluded yeah. to, Mikey, it would have been so easy for, and not just him, like other people have probably done it as well, to just sit there and, and see his, See, uh, see his career out and just he would have still retired with a great legacy but he's he's proven a point to folk by going you know what I'm going to go elsewhere and I'm going to challenge myself again towards the end here and and, and prove that it's me that that makes makes me so good not me sitting in a system where it, it complements me well and and um, and the team can win it for me now obviously you've got to give credit for the people around about him there is not a hope in hell he's getting to the Super Bowl without the the offense that he has and obviously the defense coming up clutch but I think um, I I would be very interested to see what happens in the next couple of years on both these teams actually to be fair how long Brady stays there in Tampa and um, and obviously the, the situation with Rogers and and Green Bay I think he said that he's he's gonna come back but you know how quickly things can change the the question I've got about Tom Brady there's like a 99.999% chance it's never going to happen because not not many players apart from maybe good old Josh McCown might become a head coach but um, <laughs> the if Tom Brady became a head coach how would you see him as a head coach how do you think he would fare or do you think he needs to be on the field to do to do what he does best or do you I think his mind say, is, is as a head coach he would end up being the, the head coach that just gets really frustrated by people being rubbish and he would end up like standing behind them and doing it for them type yeah, thing I don't think he'd be a great head coach he was I think he'd nah. be too much like how come I could do this and you can't you know like, <laughs> I think he'd get far too frustrated yeah. I think his mind would be great for a head coach yeah. but I think uh, pers- his person nothing against his personality but I think his personality he would be a lot more kind of frustrated than some of the, the head coaches are on the side of the, the field aye it's weird because you, you do see a lot in, in foot, our football and soccer and in basketball, former players becoming head coaches, but it's not something you see in the NFL, if at all. Um, I mean, even even Sean McVay, like he played in college, but he never played in the NFL. You, you don't see many, if any, NFL stars end up becoming a head coach, and I'm not really sure what the reason for that is. I think, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, I think, see, because they earn such ludicrous amounts of money playing football, that they basically get to the stage to finish playing football and they go, you know what, I don't need more money. And though I love the game, I would, I much would rather love spending time with my family or, you know, sitting down doing that, supporting whatever team, as opposed to, because a head coach's job is stressful in the NFL. Like, 
Like that yeah. is, you know, tw- basically 24 hours, seven days a week. Like you're doing that the full year round. That's not like a, an easy job. We're over here uh, playing playing soccer or something. Like you've got a lot of like uh, scouting teams and a lot of, you know, assistant coaches that are kind of basically day-to-day running. And you often see the manager and our teams just kind of be the kind of figurehead and not doing a lot of work. I think the head coach actually does quite a lot of work and not only in the actual coaching, but the running of the organisation as well in the yeah. NFL. And it seems like it's quite a laborious job. So I think that might be one of the reasons. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Just keep saying you yeah, to fill, <laughs> fill that really awkward space there where nobody said anything. But, uh, but yes, well, well done Tom Brady on winning your NFC Championship. Said, said through gritted teeth. Yes. Uh, and, as yeah, and also, as we say, first Super Bowl with a host team as well. Never before happened. And obviously Tom Brady gets that record as well. Indeed. Hopefully, if the if the Buccaneers uh, win the Super Bowl, then Mike Evans knows he has to go and get some type of presentation because uh, he didn't know for the championship game, did he? Absolutely. Everyone's celebrating him and Mike Evans yeah. on, on Super Bowl Sunday is just... Just, just up walking up. He's, he's shoes and that on. He's always back in the bus. Do you not want your ring, Mike? No, no. Yeah. I'm just sat and sat in the bus. He's like, just, oh, yes, he's like, I get back in the bus. I get back in the bus. Wait, where is everyone? Well, they're all lifting the lumbar. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely buzzing because he's getting the back seats of the bus. Both himself. <laughs> like, yeah, here first. Right. We've, we've <sighs> went, we went crazy here for the NFC Championship game. So let's move on to the AFC Championship game, which, uh, as Mikey ruined it for everybody who hasn't yet seen the game, uh, the Chiefs did win this game against the Buffalo Bills. No surprise here. Uh, the Chiefs went down early on, as they seem to always do. Would you say, and uh, almost think, all the time? Do you think they do it as like a challenge to themselves? What Andy Reid's like, right? Let's just yeah, muck something always... up in the first couple of couple of minutes. Let's make it harder for ourselves here. No, this like, is this is they are doing what, and literally not just in terms of scorelines, but they are doing the literally the complete opposite of the Jets. The Jets always come out and score a touchdown first, but they only won two games this season. You know what I mean? And they've, they've been terrible. Aye. Whereas the, the Chiefs come out and lose a touchdown early, but are probably going to, potentially going to win back-to-back Super Bowl. So Jets, take note. If you Head coaches, take note. That's what you should do. Go out to an early deficit and then you'll win Super Bowl. So it's as simple as that. I think, simple as that. I think that's, the Chiefs, that's all you need to do. I think the Chiefs are a better <laughs> you don't, you team don't from behind. drop plays or anything. Yeah. Well, that, that's Aye. what um, on Good, Good Morning Football, uh, Kyle Brandt was saying he was watching the game and it went to 9-0 to the Bills and his wife came in and obviously I think his wife knows that the Bills have been through a lot of struggles over the years and she walked in and she said to Kyle Brandt oh the Bills are, are doing well aren't they that, that's good and Kyle Brandt was like no he was like that's the last thing that you want to do to the Kansas City Chiefs I get them angry <laughs> they, yeah you, you literally you, it's the Chiefs in the first quarter are Bruce Banner and in the, in the final three quarters they're the Hulk that's genuinely the best <laughs> way to describe it it's the, there's, there's no, sorry, Sean, you'll probably say that's spoilers because Sean hates a spoiler if he's listening to the podcast this week. But um, yeah, it's it's just typical Kansas City Chiefs. Like, oh, you punch us in the mouth, we're gonna we're gonna come back swinging and swinging for the fences. Yeah, what's what's crazy? I'm just looking at the statistics here for the Chiefs. Uh, they passed for 325 passing yards. 290 of those yards went to Kelsey and Hill. Of those three hundred twenty-five, there's only ridiculous. thirty-five yards to other players. Um, you'd have thought that teams would just start, you know, doubling up both those players and just going. See, see, the thing is yeah. with Tyreek Hill as well, and I had this discussion with Mikey, and 
a couple of other people that I'm I speaking to, like uh, post and and Mikey disagreed, but and I, I understood I, it. I right. I, so I basically, what what I think with Tyreek Hill now, if you if you compare him to all the other wide receivers in the league, clearly the biggest disadvantage he has is his height. He's not tall. He's not a big guy. He's a wee guy. I agree. And that's I think factually that, accurate. He is a small man. Factually true. Yeah. <laughs> he is a very small man. That is my point. Move on. No. <laughs> um, he's so much smaller than other receivers. So I, I, I think like uh, defense is kind of not sleep on him because you know how good he is, but they try and eliminate the. They know the ball's not going to go really high for him to try and grab a contested catch. I don't think he's that caliber of receiver. He's he's just fast. He's just really quick. I don't think he's that good at an out and out receiver. Right. Okay. I, I agree with kind now, of like now if you if you just ask who 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 is like Tyler Murray's throwing the Hail Mary to, to Tyreek Hill in that situation and it's Tyreek Hill instead of Hopkins, he's not catching it. I, I understand that. And I understand that there's people no, most wide receivers probably wouldn't catch that to be fair. But Yeah. But I think that Travis Kelsey is the most um, not sure what the word I'm looking for. He can do everything. He can. He, he's in, he's involved in the run game. He's involved in checkdowns. He can play long balls. He's probably the best yards after catch receiver in the NFL. Possibly. Who are we talking about I'm here? Go off and say because of Tyreek Hill. You said you said Travis Kelsey. Did, I get that, really confused. That confused me there. <laughs> I get Travis Sorry, Kelsey involved in the checkdown. Uh, yeah. Get him involved in the run game. Yeah, is involved in the run game. He's involved in checkdowns. He's involved in deep balls, yards after catch. As I said, I think he's one of the best ever in terms of yards after catch. And you can put that down to his speed. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying that there's a lot of balls that he wouldn't be able to catch, but. They tailor make that offense for him, so that, and that, that that's that what I mean. That's that's kind of yeah. not the point. I was trying, like, it's kind of what I was getting at. I wasn't really criticizing him as a receiver. I was just meaning like he isn't your classic big, tall wide receiver that you can throw the ball up to him and he'll contest I, the catch. But he's frighteningly good at, at getting the ball and just absolutely burning. Fuck up. Yeah, I may not put him in my my top five wide receivers currently playing, but. I think he's somewhere between six and ten, for sure, hundred percent. I think I think we've said we're going to do this in the off season, maybe a top ten wide receivers um, for all three of us. But Tyreek's in the top ten, but I just don't think he's in that top five. But again, that as we said, Andy Reid knows how to play with him. I don't think a lot of coaches would know how to play with Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid does, and Andy Reid utilizes him in the the most perfect way. Yeah, changes at every play as well. You know how obviously, like, like you're saying, it is involved in everything. One play is going, is going deep downfield to to pull a corner away, and then the next play is coming underneath, grabbing the ball and burning up forty yards because nobody can get near him. Like, um, that's what he's so good at. Is just the minute he gets the ball, he, he's past people. He's elusive. We'll call him that. Do you think very hard? Do you think in a couple of years, Miko Hardman will be better than him? Because I think Miko Hardman's a very similar player, but maybe slightly taller. Um, if Miko Hardman could hold on to the ball consistently, then yes. Very true. Um, um, see, that's ju- jug- juggling that's he's good at. Because <laughs> um, I've yeah. got to give... I, I would genuinely say... I know Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and obviously Patrick Mahomes and a few other defensive players were great, but in my opinion, on the narrative of the game, he gets my player of the game because he made that fumble and you see him on the sidelines, he was heartbroken. He was sitting on that bench thinking, 
I have cost my team a chance to make a second Super Bowl. You could tell on his face. And then he goes off for a 50-yard rush. And then he scores a touchdown. And he also had a pretty big um, kickoff return as well for maybe 26 yards or something like that. I think the way that guy recovered mentally to put his team into a winning position was major props to him because that fumble could have been the worst thing for him. But I think I think it was mainly down to the team around him. They were so quick to pick him up and tell him that there's still so much more of this game to play. But I thought he recovered phenomenally from that game and fair play to him. The faith of Mahomes as well to, obviously, the, the touchdown that Hardman got, the faith of him to just go, you know what, here you go. Here's your chance. I'm going to get the ball to you. And he, he held on to it well and obviously went in for the touchdown. Like, it would have been very easy for Mahomes to go, well, I've got Tyreek Hill. I've got Travick. Travick? Travick, hi. Tra- <laughs> Travick Kelsey. Exactly. Travis Kelsey. I've got, you know, um, CEH at running back stuff. Like, there's so many other options he had, but obviously... Um, to put the faith in, in Miko Hardman and, and let him redeem himself is, is good. It's nice to see. I think the f- I, still I, think, do, I still don't like the Chiefs. I think the props has to go to Andy Reid in that situation, though, because I think you've seen many a, many a head coach who, as soon as someone drops a ball, you're like, right, well, that's you. You're not playing the rest of the game. Like, Aye. you know, or, or as soon as they fumble, like, that, that's you. You're out. Equinemius St. Brown ring any bells? Yeah, he'll not say that. Two-point conversion? Yeah. Uh, but the, the head coaches you've seen in the past, they just go, sorry, you're not playing anymore. You've fumbled the ball. Uh, in fact, you know someone who does it quite a lot as a Bruce Arians with the Bucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that happened uh, uh, yeah, numerous times. Yeah, especially with Rojo. With Ronald yeah. Jones. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I think it was it was good to see Andy Reid just went, no, because it was almost straight away, wasn't it? The next play, they just went, right, we're giving you the ball. It, was, you go. it was the next next drive yeah, and we're just that like, they had. Well, they scored the touchdown and, and Harden you got go. it. You, you're going to be the focal point here. You know, you go and do something. You go and redeem it. And that's exactly what he did. So he, he gave up that touchdown, but he did also, you know, go and, and get one back, which, which made a big difference in the game there. One thing which I was amazed with in this game is there was all the... Oh, CH is back. You know, he's going to be great in the game. I was just about yeah, to say that. Six, six attempts or seven yards. And Darrell Williams is the, the lead running back again for the Chiefs. And this is the strangest thing I think I've ever seen. I I think CEH could become a very similar fantasy player to the likes of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, where it is there's no there's no he's not got a high floor. He's got a very high ceiling, but he's completely boom or bust. He'll go off for 120 yards from scrimmage yep. and two touchdowns in a game, or he'll go for seven yards and one target for one reception for three yards. That, that I think I'd, that's one thing I really need to see from CEH, not in the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm talking about next season and years beyond, is he needs to improve his consistency in this league. Because um, it's, it's frankly, it's not good enough at the minute. I was talking to, I think possibly Kai, I don't know if I said to you, Adam, I, I joined DraftKings for the first time. That's me plugging DraftKings on the podcast. Uh, have they sponsored us? If, if not, we're going to um, bleep out the names. No one knows what it is. Yep. And um, I had I was picking six players from the, from the Bills Chiefs games and I went with Williams because I thought he was going to get a lot more carries. It was almost as if the the other Williams that played and should have had Super Bowl MVP last year, almost as if coming into the crunch time, the Williams brothers, even though they're not actually brothers, are, um, are the ones that they're heavily relying on. And I think Correct me, what's his, this, his first name? The one that's currently playing for the Chiefs? Darryl. Darryl. Yes. Darryl Williams. Yes. Darryl Williams was undrafted as well a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. And now he's yep. probably going to be the, uh, depending on Le'Veon Bell's uh, status, potentially going to be the lead back on a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning team 
um, for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, fair play to him because he he's answered the bell and he's done phenomenally over the past couple of games. Yes, I must say he, he has uh, almost from nowhere because you thought that oh that's the reason they've brought in Ceh and they've brought in Bell because Damien Williams you know obviously uh, sitting out this year and 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 you thought right well well clearly they don't trust. Darrell Williams here to be the lead back and since CH went down uh, Darrell Williams took most of the snaps from Bell, Bell hardly was doing anything and now Bell was out this game and CH was back and you thought alright well CH will take the snaps, nope yeah. Darrell Williams a, again yeah. Williams is a, a physical back as well he, he gains, yeah. he gains yeah. hard earned yardage I think um, more so than obviously Bell and, and CH and then obviously the stat that we've spoken about as well that Patrick Mahomes will now play in his second Super Bowl before ever ever losing an NFL game by more than one possession. The last time Mahomes lost by more than a possession was November 19th, 2016 versus Iowa State when he played for Texas Tech. That's just That's ridiculous. unheard of statistics. Insanity. Unheard of. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. See, to, to go back to the, the running back scenario, I just kind of kept myself quiet there while you were talking and, and did a wee bit of, wee bit of searching. Um, to find out what the story was, because obviously it's professionalism from Kai. What? No, that's not in um, this podcast. Because <laughs> um, obviously, come the start of next season, there's the potential that they could have Ceh, Le'Veon Bell, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, like all sitting there. So I was like, I, I did a probably, meet, probably, caught... probably draft Najee Harris as well. While Aye, we they just just absolutely stack them up. Um, so I I went and checked. Um, at the end of this season, Daryl Williams becomes a restricted free agent. So obviously the Chiefs have first refusal on him. Yeah. Otherwise he's um free to go and contact whoever he wishes. Uh Damian Williams is still under contract but becomes an uh free agent next year. Yeah. So the end of the season twenty twenty one and then obviously Le'Veon Bell's on a he was only on a one year contract. Yeah, he's away at the end of this contract. So he would be he would be away. So potentially they could go into next season with just C A H Damian Williams. Out of out of those four, um, no, what would be actually good is if, if, if they kept both but, Williams though. That would be good. Ch yeah. and both Williams. That'd be a good yeah. backfield. I think. I, I think that would be better than having Bell. <laughs> yeah, I think even a Super Bowl MVP for Le'Veon Bell isn't enough for Bell to be at the Chiefs next year. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that can be done now after what's happened this year. I'm not saying anything bad. He's just, and as I said, I I don't I don't think the Chiefs will regret it because I think he'll be a very good role model for Ch. So I think no matter what happened with them, even if they didn't, don't win the Super Bowl, I think the C the Bell signing will will prove beneficial down the line, um, because of Ceh. But if they manage to keep both the Williams, which will be very confusing to watch, and especially if you're a fantasy owner of one of them as well, because you think, oh yes, Williams touchdown, and then you realise it's the other one. Um, it was. Uh, think... Do you not remember the play that last year when one of the Williams ran for a touchdown and the other Williams was running behind him? It was either Damien or Darrell broke through and was ran about seventy yards, and they're like, "And it's Williams, and the other Williams is running behind him, and he's going seventy <laughs> yards." And the commentator was like, "I don't know what one's what here." Um, yeah, yeah. The, if they if they keep both the Williams in Ceh or keep one of the Williams Ceh and then bring in another, maybe a veteran or something, I think that's more than they need, especially with how pass heavy they are as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know who could do with some uh, help in the running game though. It's the Buffalo the Bills. Bills. Buffalo. Exactly. Josh Allen yet again, the lead rusher with 88 of the 129 rushing yards. Devin Singletree averaging 2.8 a carry. TJ uh, Yeldon, who's normally a pass-catching back, 
had five yards of carry, which is okay. Uh, but yeah, they could do with some running help. The passing game. How does Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell sound at, at the Bills? Uh, you know who I was thinking, <laughs> who we were talking about earlier, uh, who's probably going to get drafted in about the position that Bills have a spot is Najee Harris. He would be yeah. Yeah. a good Buffalo Bills running back. Big physical specimen in the cold weather in Buffalo. He could do some damage in, in that team. That, that, that yeah. could potentially be what, what almost like completes the jigsaw a bit here. Because I feel like at times the Bills have kind of come unstuck when yeah. they've not been able to, to have joy passing the ball. Um, yeah. they're, they're not able to switch it up. Josh Allen's obviously, like you say, having to do a lot of the work. And even with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss together, it was kind of a weird scenario where Zach Moss got a lot of the carries on the goal line and, and uh, round, round about the red zone. But Devin Singletary wasn't the most efficient. I think against the Ravens, that did they not? They didn't run the ball until like the two minute warning in the first half or something like that. Yeah, that, that's that's why that was so so uh, intriguing because you're like, well, they can't keep doing this. Yeah. So yeah, I, all I'll say is whether it's Najee Harris or not, if you think you're going to get drafted by the Buffalo Bills, start your own charity because as soon as you're drafted, they're just <laughs> going to throw money at you. That's that's all Bills fans do. They've got no houses of that. They all live in the streets. They just donate like, all the money away to charity. They, they probably end up, it's going to be a vicious cycle. They end up going to get their own donations to themselves because they're giving so much money away, they're going to have nothing for themselves. <laughs> you know who could perhaps have done with some uh, charity, possibly for the last, what, four weeks? would be Cole Weasley, who it since turned out has been playing with a broken fibula for the last, since week 16. Yeah. No, we, we've obviously given the guy so much credit this season and I think a lot of people have because he has been phenomenal like Stefan Diggs will take the limelight as the receiver there but Cole Beasley has been by far the best wide receiver too in the league I would say he's just so consistently good he'll always play for you and then to top that off by the fact that he was playing with a partially broken leg for the last four weeks yes for anyone that's not a huge medical expert the, the tibia is your shin bone and the fibula is kind of attached to that shin bone it's not a huge weight bearing bone it's mainly the tibia that does that, but still, it is the bone in your leg, and it was broken. I meant, I meant to say to Kai because it went unnoticed in our podcast group chat. His first message was like very emotional and very like, "Oh my god!" So he was like, "No way!" Cole Beasley broke his fibula last night in the game he played, and he played through it, and then loads of laughing faces. And then it's almost as if you weren't impressed at the fact he did it for more than one game because his next message was okay it wasn't actually last night it happened he's been playing through it since week 16 even more impressive like so mundane you'd think <laughs> like, it other way around it, it, was, it was more shock because I was like because you saw he, he went out injured at one point and he looked in a lot of pain it was kind of towards the tail end of this game he was in a lot of pain like he was rolling about on the floor at the side of the the side of the field and he, he limped off quite quickly Um so when it said he was playing through a broken fibula, I was like, God, that's impressive. He's managed to do that at one point last night. But it was just the, the kind of, it was more shock more than anything to say, oh, but by the way, actually, he's had that broken fibula since week 16. And then everything kind of started to make sense because there was a number of occasions in those games where he was he was in and out and he was limping about and he was still catching balls. And aye, aye, he's a very, very good receiver. He's a very good option, actually, for the... For the Bills to have, and as Mikey highlighted to me the other day, he, he, he can also uh, spit bars, as they would say in America. Um, is that rapper. what the young people say? Very is good it? rapper. Uh, oh my, aye, he can uh, 
I also totally forgot he played for the Cowboys before now. Um, yes, he did. He was a lovely. That's why. I, that's why I refused to recognise him as a good player. Um, <laughs> Talking about good players, see for the future. See, I know Gabriel Davis didn't have any catches in this game, but just watching him as a receiver for this uh, Bills team, the rookie wide receiver. Yep. I think, to be honest, I don't know the contract situation with John Brown. I need to research that further for some of our off-season podcasts and stuff. But I think Davis could easily become that second outside receiver. So you've got Diggs and Davis on the outside and Beasley in the slot. And I think alongside Dawson Knox there as well, and a decent mm-hmm. running game if they can get one going, whether it be with the current running backs or a new one. This this Bills team are here to stay. If you were asking, like, if you're asking like Super Bowl windows and stuff like that of these four teams, obviously the Chiefs windows still open. The Bucks window, I would say, is open as long as Brady's there. You know, with their team, the Bills well and truly open. To be honest, out the four teams out here, I think the Packers window is the one that's starting to close. I, I think you know, it's closing yeah. quite Which, quickly as well. Um, we have very minimal cap space, and we also have got a lot of big players that are needing re-signed. There's a lot of talk of of fans that are saying, "Well." Aaron Rodgers take a new deconstructed deal to take less money to bring in more players to help him. No. These these aren't these aren't questions you want as a as a Packers fan. That and I think sorry I screenshotted it as well because I knew we would end up speaking about this. Also, their schedule next year, which we've spoken about, is not kind. Obviously, we play the Bears, Lions, and Vikings twice. But then at home, we also play the Browns, the Rams, the Steelers, the Seahawks, and Washington, and then away. We play the Cardinals, Ravens, Bengals, Saints, and 49ers. That is a incredibly tough schedule. So is that, so is that the, NFC, a... the NFC West, the AFC North, and then obviously the our divisional matches? Yeah. 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 So uh, we've been 13 and 3 the last two seasons. I think that some players will be. 13 this that. season. <laughs> yeah, and I think we'll be. We'll be will be hard done by because if some of the players there's a lot of players that are needing re-signed there's talks about bringing JJ Watt in but he's he's going to be a lot it's going to take up a lot of money um, so a very difficult crossroads the Packers are at just now very I, difficult I agree I think so uh, but well done to the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl well done to the Buccaneers getting to the Super Bowl which is now just over a week's time now we're recording this on the Thursday um, well that's how I said that through gritted teeth I was like, well done. <laughs> getting there. We definitely want to get see there. It in your face, yeah. yeah. Um, we normally do our prediction thing and stuff like that, but I thought for the next couple of minutes we could change it up slightly. And there's been a lot of news oh. that's went on this week. And I thought because we only had a couple of games to talk about, we could maybe talk about some of the news and maybe our opinions on it. Because the quarterback and head coach carousel yes. continues. Um, yeah, <laughs> opinion, I think... I don't know how many teams are going to have the same quarterback next season as they have this year. I think it was Adam Schefter that put up on Twitter that his his line for the number of teams that have a new quarterback is 18. That's where his betting line is going to be, and he's going to bet the over. So he's predicting more than 18 teams will have a different starting QB next season than they That's... have at the moment, which is crazy because that carousel has started. There's I also think... rumours from Ian, Ian Rappaport as well that his quote is about a third of the NFL have reached out for Matthew Stafford. That does not surprise me. That's so, yes. a lot of teams. Yeah, let's that's start. About, let's start talking. Let's start talking about that one then. Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions have come to an agreement that they're going to let him go. They'll they'll accept trade offers for him. 
I mean, I think we've talked about this before in the pod. If not in the pod, then privately. Matthew Stafford is very easily a, a playoff quality quarterback. I think he's, to be honest, I think he, he's got enough quality to win a Super Bowl had he had the right team around him. He was obviously drafted in 2009 for the Lions and he's not really had that Super Bowl calibre uh, roster around him. He could go to somewhere with that and I think it could be that missing piece to help a team win a Super Bowl. And my prediction for that, I think I said to you, was the Colts. They've got more than enough cap space and they've got a great roster and I think that'd be a great fit for Stafford in my opinion. I'm also... Because I think he also has a very younger, similar player to Philip Rivers. Yeah, I think a lot of his playing style is, is very similar. And Philip Rivers did a terrific job, I think, um, lost in the wildcard game. If if in one season he can get them to the divisional round, and then who knows what happens from there? You, you've seen it, and you've seen the playoff upsets over the years, time and time again. And I don't even think it would be an upset if Stafford led the Colts to to a Super Bowl. I, I really don't. That's how high I am on Matthew Stafford. I really do believe that. Yes, I think I think I think there's lots of places it could go, uh, but I, I think Stafford is an interesting one to go. Um, obviously, yeah, uh, oh, on you go, on you go, Mikey. I'm not just I've I've got a a list of some of the quarterbacks here. To, yes, to see you walk your what way through the list. Then that's fine because I was trying to think of them off the top of my head, and I was almost certain I was going to miss okay. one. <laughs> so Cam Newton, not going to be in New England, in my opinion, and I don't know where I he's going to be. I have no idea where he'll end up. No. Does Cam Newton end up? Without a team. What about Washington? There's there's talk obviously going back to Washington, uh, going to Washington as I say to go with Ron Rivera. Uh, I'm not sure if that would happen to be honest, because uh, they've still got Cause, Alex mean, Smith under contract, don't they? I believe the Panthers GM that was fired or was uh, they parted ways with has now became the GM of of Washington as well with Ron Rivera as head coach. Why not just bring the whole bring Greg Olson back as well for just yeah, to Washington back. and just bring Panthers Great. two point He'll definitely not get Greg Olsen back because he retired last week. Yeah, um, yeah. St- St- Steve Smith. Will we bring him to the Washington <laughs> team as well? You know, and uh, who else? McCaffrey. Uh, Do you think you can get him out of the contract to move him to Washington? No, yeah, they've, got, they've got Tony Gibbs and they don't need uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, I think he stays at the Saints. I think he takes over on offense. I don't, I don't think that's the right idea. But you saw Drew Brees after the game the other week saying this is your offense now. I I'd, think they'll keep him. I'm not sure. Um, what his contract situation is? Is he still? Has he got to sign a new one, or does he have another year on it? Because the Saints are well over the salary cap. Because this coming season they've actually dropped the salary cap down because of our current uh, health crisis that's occurring in the <laughs> on the planet. I'll try and keep those horrible words out of the the podcast. Um, Don't say it. <laughs> but I think they've dropped it by about twenty million dollars a cap. So any team that's above any teams that's above it. Obviously, they can't sign more players. They can still pay the folk that they're currently paying because they didn't know it was going to drop, but they can't sign more. He is out of contract. I don't know if they can afford him. He only signed a one-year contract um, for 2020. If you're bringing in in another quarterback, are are you going to be paying more than you would for Jameis Winston? And is that quarterback going to be any better? I think a year under Drew Brees... I think they stick with him. What I mean is, though, financially, I don't think they can bring him in because if they're over the salary cap, then they can't actually sign him. Like, financially, they're not allowed to. So I think it might be Taysom Hill's offense if he's still under contract. Okay, next one. Um, this is an actually a surprisingly interesting one. Jacoby Brissett. I think he is an NFL-caliber quarterback. I don't think he's a star quarterback, but I think he can definitely be a bottom-half-level QB. He's better than some people. How about 
a return to New England. That did cross my mind. I must say that did cross my mind. I like the sound of that. Would would he want to I go really and play do. in such a tough division though? Because that division is getting quite tough. Yeah, that's true. Would um, he want to play in such a bad team? More to the point. Yeah, that's also true. And these are some of the more intriguing situations. Dak Prescott. Now, I would have said at the start of the season he would be re-signed by the Cowboys. Um, but they've spent a lot of money, and he also got injured and. They almost got to the playoffs without him, so I'm not sure. Is my sitting on the fence answer? See, there's been. I think there's a lot of things. Yeah, I was going to say. I think a lot of things will happen first before Dak Prescott. There's any moves on Prescott. I think there's other things that will happen, like quarterbacks being re-signed or quarterbacks moving elsewhere before Dak Prescott then finds an opportunity. Because I think it will. Yeah. Andy yeah. Dalton's out of contract as well, so they don't actually have one of their yeah. two starting QBs, then, do they? These four are more... They're more than likely going to stay at their teams, but it could be very interesting if they were to leave. So, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Think he resigns with the Dolphins? I'm not uh, sure. I don't know where else he would go. Only if they keep... Or do you think he goes to his 43rd NFL team? <laughs> <laughs> I think he stays if they keep Tua. I think him and two have got quite a yeah, good relationship, so. but I and then, know there's been rumours that the Dolphins aren't going to keep two. A couple more. Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. Yep, I think so. Yeah, financially, there was, there was obviously an, an early. Uh, I think he should stay. I think the Bears. I think Trubisky will keep him. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think they know, will. Trubisky. I don't think they'll resign him. They didn't. They didn't take up the fifth year option. The one that remains on everybody's mind, the probably the biggest one of of all the quarterbacks moving this year, the Sean Watson. This is really intriguing because he's gone for a start. He's not staying in Texans. In Texans, he's not he's staying, not staying, in, staying Texans. in Houston. Yes. Um, um, especially after the announcement of one of the worst offensive coordinators ever to become the the head coach last night. Uh, I think it's Forty Niners a shout. I've heard rumours of that. I think 49 is, is the best fit. Yep. Apparently he's interested in the Jets because of, uh, I keep calling him Mohamed Salah, but, uh, Robert Salah, <laughs> um, becoming the new head coach there. I just because they've got the same second name. Um, uh, but, I think I think it would be exciting to see him at the Jets. I don't think the Jets, and I know it sounds stupid, that I don't think the Jets would want Deshaun Watson. Anyone would want Deshaun Watson. But have the Jets not said that they're happy to keep going with Arnold? Stick with Arnold. I think, for, I think I would hate for them to go to the 49ers because they are automatic Super Bowl contenders. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. That run game yeah. plus the Sean Watson and the plus D. the Debo Samuel. Um, yeah. What's that? Yep. Yeah. There's, there's a last, lot of our last potential. Just to, what do you think the percentage is of the Sean Watson playing Week One for the Houston Texans? Zero. I would give it a little bit more than that. Um, I would give it ten percent. <laughs> not not a lot more, but a little bit more. Wow! I would give it sixty five percent. Do you think? What? I, you I see think it over the years. I think he's in a. You big see it over the years with unhappy uh, unhappy quarterbacks having to stay another year or something. I just. I think. I, I just think, think there's so many things that have happened to the Texans though since he said that as well. 
Oh, I, I could... want him to leave. I, I, he deserves to leave. He, he can't waste these years of his career. But you've seen it happen with, with people demanding too much for their star player and not being able to facilitate a trade. I'll be gutted if he doesn't leave because can, he deserves to. Can I ask? He deserves to light up the NFL. Mikey, how you worded that question again? Could you word it exactly how you worded it? What percentage do you think he has of staying? How likely is he to stay at, right. at the Houston Texans? In which case, my answer is a much larger percentage. I would say about 70%. What is the percentage chance that he is starting week one? I say 10%. I, mean, that, I think that's uh, what. Okay. Because I think he, even if he doesn't trade, I think he might just say, I'm not playing. He puts the Texans yeah, okay. in a position Well, you've not facilitated the trade for me. There you are, I'm not playing for but you. I, personally, Screw I think it's very unlikely that he's playing for the Texans week one. Uh, but uh, there's a higher chance, I agree with you, that he's, he's on the roster because they can't facilitate that trade. Uh, I, I agree with you. I have a, a just not not so much one to add to the list, but one that came out this week that kind of surprised me a wee bit was uh, on the Rams that apparently uh, between John Wolford and, and Jared Goff they're going to have an open QB competition at some point in the off season. Well, I because of you, the, the both the uh, head coach obviously and Sean McVay has said that Goff mm-hmm. is our quarterback for just now. And it's either yep. it's the GM that also came out and says at the moment Goff is our quarterback. And I was doing right, some, so very uh, not very solid. I was doing some research on this, uh, and actually I've got to give some uh, some dues to Colin Coward uh, on Fox Sports, uh, who talked about this as well. Uh, he had had him looking back at previous times where statements like this were announced, and it's normally mm-hmm. for quarterbacks that maybe aren't training hard enough. Or yeah. there, there's something behind the scenes that isn't going on. So like it happened with Dwayne Haskins, and then, oh, he's magically away. You know, they obviously weren't happy. It's happened in the past with Aaron Rodgers with head coaches and stuff as well. They know that they let you know, like there was a bit of a huff, those rumours and stuff, and then, but that's mainly because Rodgers is a bit huffy. From what I've yep. heard is, from what I've heard through this and other channels that I've been looking at, is that it's a lot to do with the fact they've paid Jared Goff quite a lot of money. Like they paid, they signed him up to a contract early after that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Super Bowl uh, uh, game, not the win of the Super Bowl, but the the, nope. the attendance <laughs> to the Super Bowl for the team. Um, and I think a lot of it's like, turns out he's not actually worth this money. So they've spoken to an agent. This is the rumor. They've spoken to an agent. Went, let's try and restructure this deal. And the agent just went, no, we like this money. All Thanks. Right. Bye. And they're just like, right then. So how do we get out of this? So what do we do with them? They're kind of leaving their options open. I think if he gets cut this after this, as June or something like that, there's a point in June, it's not a huge cap hit. Even though it's worth a lot of money, they still have to pay them money, but the actual cap hit's not huge. So there's a chance that they, they come. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Let, let's, be, let's be completely serious. Why would you want to lose out on a Super Bowl caliber, MVP caliber quarterback like John Wolford. <laughs> no, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. I mean I mean the thing so is though, let's just think about it that way. Goff's able to beat the teams in his division with a broken thumb though. Like he beat the, the, the Seahawks very easily with, with half a hand. So why would you want uh, to get rid yeah, of Goff? I, I I think it, I'd like to see them them both I, that's the thing you Heineke and Wolford are the NFL starting quarterbacks. I would like Heineke to be a starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I would like Walford as well to be. I quite like PJ Walker. I'd like him to be a starting quarterback as well. The way he played his backup for the Panthers. Uh, Not Minshew. No, no, no. Minshew's gone. No, no. I think Minshew. Do you think he even stays on the team? 
I don't think he deserves to after that haircut he's got at the moment. By the way, that's a question. What haircut. what did he call it? The the something the, the mud, flat. mud flat. Good God, the Mississippi mud. Yeah, see, legend, you can you can do that when you're a good player. See when you rock up with that and you're mints. No, I was trying to work out. Was he actually trying to get his hairstyle similar to Trevor Lawrence? Was that what his aim was? So hopefully, hmm. maybe they get know. confused but with each other, and maybe he gets to play. <laughs> I don't think they would get too confused when he started playing, to be fair. I think no, no, exactly. Very quickly suss out who was who. Very true. I quite enjoyed that little chat about what could be happening. Uh, my prediction... We'll do a full podcast on that. Is it my prediction that I'm very confident with is Stafford, the Colts. I think that's going to happen, in my opinion. I'd be surprised I think th- if it didn't. I think that will happen early, and I think that will start the QB roundabout. Roundabout? I like saying merry-go-round. Roundabout merry-go-round, Aye, they're all round. Merry-go-round's more hopping on, hopping off, isn't it? You know, or carousel. I think that's that's more of a <laughs> American way to see it. Um, but yeah, I like that little bit. We might do that more often. Talking about that. certainly throughout the off season, we can ha- our podcast can be more debate like as opposed to factual information based on the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Buffalo Bills quite easily. Sorry, Kai. Yeah, I know that you're. We barely even spoke about the Bills to be fair. So Aye, exactly. I think that says all you need to know. Yeah. Um. Let's have a look then. Uh. What, what do we normally do here? We normally talk about... We do uh, a prediction. A prediction, but... yeah. <laughs> uh, so so it's it's hard to do this. So uh, have you got this right, Mikey, this time? I know it's hard. There's two teams in the Super Bowl. Have you got the right two teams in the Super Bowl? Packers are in it. In my head, the Packers are in it. <laughs> Packers-Bills? Is that the one we wanted? Is that the one we actually wanted? <laughs> Aye. <laughs> pa- Packers-Jags. Yeah. <laughs> Aye, the way the Packers played against the Jags toward the end of the season, I wouldn't be so confident. <laughs> um, but yes, so obviously the Bucks play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks' time. Um, this is a very, very early prediction for it. But uh, but what do we think for that? Uh, normally, Mikey has to answer last, so we can ask Mikey first. Mikey, Bucks playing a home Super Bowl against the Chiefs, what do you think? I'll just... I'll just say since week eight, since we started doing this, we have never had a Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl. I can, I, can I say that that's mainly down to the two of you because I have been an advocate of the Bucks for quite a long time in these predictions, and normally <laughs> have we even had the Bucks and, in yeah. the Super Bowl last week. <laughs> <laughs> right, last week the also Tony Romo said in week twelve, I think after they played each other, that he thought this was going to be the the Super Bowl matchup, and also. Again, just because I love Good Morning Football so much, Nate Burleson, when they were doing their pre-season predictions, he said it would be a, a Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl with a Chiefs win. So that'll be very interesting to see. They're calling him Nate Stradamus. Or what is it called, Tony Romo? Romo Stradamus. Romo Stradamus, something like that, yeah. Some, yeah, something like that. So Chiefs-Bucks, I can't bet against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. I'm going with the Bucks. I can't. I could go into detail and I could pick it apart with the Chiefs and how good they are, but I cannot bet against Tom Brady ever again. Um, I'll give you, <clears throat> I'll give you two here. Who do I want to win? The Bucks. Oh, that's not, no, that's not the, the game. That's not the game. You, you I think, to... the, I think the Chiefs will win. <laughs> you think the Chiefs will win? Yeah, I, I would like to see. I would rather see the Bucks win because I don't like the Chiefs, but I, I just feel like the Chiefs have been inevitable. I think season. that the the Bucks will will win. That's my prediction. I think the Bucks are going to win. Me and Mike here agreeing. Is it maybe more to do with the fact that they beat the Packers? So we just want. I, I think uh... that's a way of like comforting yourself. <laughs> yeah. You're like, right, okay, the Bucks. I think win. it's the same. Like, nah, my head, my heart says 
Bucks, my chief, my chief says. My chief, my chief says, says heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like a country song. My chief says heart. <laughs> if you break oh, my heart, says, my chief says my heart. There we go. Ability <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I can't bet against Tom. Although we also our what week did we start this podcast? Week three. Week three. Week three, and I think I euro in what are what we all predicted for the Super Bowl. Aye, so I had uh, right at the end of that podcast, we did a prediction on who we thought would make the Super Bowl. Uh, I had yeah, Bills okay. Seahawks, so I was not far off it with the Bills, but Seahawks on miles off it. Adam both, had both, uh, both playoff teams. Okay, both playoff yep, teams. You had? Did you have Packers Colts? I think I had Adam? Packers Colts. My, my yeah. NFC team and my AFC team playing against each Post, other. And uh, Mikey, you had uh, the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Chiefs and Seahawks, yeah. So Mikey so, is the only one out of um, three of us who's picked one team to get to the Super To be fair, we, we've done not a bad and, job. Uh, yeah, we I mean, we all picked really, playoff teams. It was really difficult. It was really difficult picking the team that won the Super Bowl last year. You've got to give loads of credit to me. That was, a, that was probably my most outlandish claim of them all. At least <laughs> me and Adam went out on a limb and went, you know what, we'll pick a team that might actually be an outside shot week um, three week three was when the chiefs were three you know and russell wilson was looking like the mvp so i've just went ah chief seahawks in but uh but yes mikey do you have uh do you have our predictions ready i can do our two minute one and from our from our la- last two games to see what the oh, scores yeah. and our prediction yeah i was going to say well, we would all we would all just say what we went with yeah Okay, well, I'll go. I'll blow this whistle. I do this by myself, you know. I don't even have a sound for it. I actually physically blow a whistle, and uh, and then it, it makes a noise. I behave. <laughs> there we go. Um, so that is us at our two-minute warning. We get to talk about who we picked to win these games uh, and see how it's done for our, our playoff prediction league. Uh, obviously, Mikey was our winner of the regular season. Uh, but we're now getting into the, the the important bit, being the the playoff predictions. I think it was very close. It was not just one prediction in between everybody after last week. So, I think you were both on seven. I was on six. Yes, it was very yeah. close indeed. I think uh, we worked out that just me or Kai had to just win out, and we would uh, yeah. we would we would have won well, easily. I had Easier a, said than done. Stormer, yeah. I had a stormer this weekend, so. So who did you pick, Mikey? Who did you well, pick? I picked the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's a big zero. <laughs> uh, Adam, who did you pick? I believe I picked the Buccaneers. And yep. I also picked the Bills. Yeah. So I got um, one, I out picked, of, one out of two. I picked the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. So I got a big fat zero <laughs> as well. <laughs> Why does anyone right. listen to this podcast? So, <laughs> it goes, it goes. I'm on six points. Kai on seven. Adam on eight. So it's between. Mikey's Adam, out the running. Uh, between Adam and Kai, unless I pick the exact scoreline, then I win. That that that's been the way we need to do the tiebreaker. That's it. So so we pick a team, and if if it ends up being a draw, i.e. Kai gets it right and I get it wrong, then this actual. The closest total point scored in the game. There we go. That can be the tiebreaker. Total points. Yeah. I'm going to say the score is going to be 51 50 on a last minute. The Bucks, Tom Brady reunites with um, Adam Vinatieri and he comes in from retirement. 
and scores a last-minute field goal. Sorry, I, I was thinking Gronk because they're at least playing in the same team. Adam Vinatieri was a bit out there. But... No, I think a more likely thing would be uh, the last minute of the game, last second of the game, own 20-yard line, Tom Brady has the ball and doesn't throw. Instead, he scrambles 80 yards up the field, takes a heart attack as he gets into the end zone <laughs> because of all that physical exertion and uh, and eventually wins it as he dies on into the end zone and he's won that, that Super Bowl. That's more I likely. think this was going a bit wild today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going a bit crazy, but yes, uh, I think I think more likely it becomes one of the most boring Super Bowls ever, and uh, the Chiefs win by like I don't know a score. I was talking like a thirteen-three or something that we Aye. had in the past. Aye, no, nah, I don't think I it's go a high scoring. It's been a while since Tom Brady was involved in a thirteen-three Super Bowl. Aye. two years. Yeah, two that years. was that was the one against the Rams, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, most scored in Super Bowl of all time. I was sitting in Hawaii in a big massive Super Bowl party pub watching it and it, everyone was bored to death. Yeah, Bored you, completely. You want points. Even if you don't get points, you want interceptions because then it at least causes drama and excitement. You know, so Just exciting things that happen. Even if it's exactly. not points, just things. Streakers. Aye, exactly. Talking about interceptions, by the way, just before we, we finish up today, do you know that half of Patrick Mahomes' interceptions this season have come in that game against the Dolphins? Aye. Like he had, he had, he had three in that game, and uh, out of his six for the season or something like that, they were all like half of them were in that game, which is crazy in my opinion, absolutely crazy. But uh, but yeah, so I went Bucks. Did you end up going Bucks, Kai, for the Super no, Bowl? No, I'm going Chiefs. You're going Chiefs, so that's opposite, and uh, and Mikey's going. I'm Bucks just doing that well. so that there's a chance the predictions change. Yeah, exactly um, right. If it changes, we'll let everyone know. But Bucks and Bucks for the two Packers fans. And uh, and Chiefs for uh, the Eagles for fan. the Eagles, yes. Um, I've always been a Tom Brady fan. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, we'll finish up there then. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Kai and Mikey, for joining as always. Pleasure. Yes. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. See you then. Adios.